0: You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 197 with Shannon Carpenter. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Shannon back on the show today right now where we're at with everything. I know so many parents are super stressed out trying to figure out, do the kids go into school? Do the kids wear masks all day? Do I want to send them? Do I want flexibility? Do I want to do remote learning? Should we just start with remote learning? If they're going to have to go to remote remote learning anyway, I mean, it is all over the place. I think that many parents would agree that they just want to stick their head in the sand and just kind of hope this would all go away. Um, unfortunately that's not going to happen. So, um, Today, I really want to talk about um, you know, homeschooling in the private sector because I think parents who are really considering remote learning, they're trying to figure out if they should do the remote, remote learning through the school system, right? Or if they should just withdraw their kids and do their own private thing to have more flexibility. So um, this is where today's episode is going to come in handy because we're going to just talk about curriculums and how Shannon picked her curriculums and... Um, how do you go about doing that for your own kids and figuring out their learning styles and stuff like that? So this is a perfect episode if you're kind of on the fence trying to figure out what to do in regards to remote learning altogether. Um, and also something that stood out to me that was really interesting is that high schoolers can take college courses and they get a discount. Like I had no idea. So if you guys have high schoolers, especially if they're 16 and older, Take a look into this, especially if you're going to do the remote learning. I think this is such a great opportunity. So I hope this gives you guys a little bit of information that might help you not feel so overwhelmed. I realize this cannot solve all the problems right now, um, but I do hope it gives you some ideas on what you might want to do, what path you might want to take. And just to give you some questions to think about in regards um, to Making the decisions that you want to make in regards to this next school year. um, It really got me thinking about um, how to. Think about picking curriculums and how do I want that to look? And it also made me think a little bit about do I want to have the kids doing a private homeschooling versus remote learning through the school system? So, again, it's a lot of information out there. I'm just trying to give you guys as much as I can and just equip you guys with information that you might not be aware of. Um, But just know that um, you're doing the best that you can with the information that you have and just give yourself some grace. Hey, you guys, welcome back to my favorite things segment. Um, Okay, so just to make things just fun and just different since everything feels a little bit stressful lately. um, Today, I want to talk about a random item, and it is a razor. So, you know, a shaver for women. Um, I know people might be like, why are we talking about a shaver? Who really cares? But... um, I was seeing this uh, razor. It's called the Billy. And I was like, why does everybody love this thing? Why is it so great? Who really cares? You know, I can just buy my shaver at Target or something like that. But I will tell you, I've noticed that, like, say, the Venus shaver, um, it's gotten more expensive. And I don't know if you have paid attention that razors for women are generally more expensive than men's razors. So anyways, this is why um, they came up with the Billy um, shaver, razor, whatever you want to call it, um, to make it less expensive. And I'm going to give you the breakdown to why it stands out compared to the other razors. Um, so first of all, it's nickel free and it's rust free. I don't know if you've ever noticed that like your shaver has gotten rusted and then you're like, oh man, I can't be using this. Like this would just be bad. Um, so that's really awesome that they've created it that way. And it's made in the United States. Also, um, I noticed when I was shaving, that it felt so moisturizing on my leg. And um, normally I don't feel that like it just feels kind of like, yep, yeah, you know, I'm just shaving, whatever. But I was like, wow, it almost is like it's putting lotion on my leg. And then I realized it's because they put um, a soap. So it's between the blade. So it, however it works, it's a charcoal shave soap. And um, they like to they like to describe it as creating a pillow between the blade and your body. Um, so it's the only razor with charcoal to give you a little deep, clean moment with every swipe. That's what they like to say. But I really did notice that. And I actually didn't look at that description um, before I shaved. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to actually explain that to you guys. And so that actually sums it up because they have marketing people to describe that for you. Um, and But it is really true. That is how it feels. And then they also provide you a holder. They call it the magic holder. It's a magnetic holder that you can just slap up on the wall. And then that way it's out of the way from everything else. It's not falling down. It's not laying on you know, a shelf or a ledge and then pulling up and getting rusted. Um, So I really like that. Um, They come in cute colors. I got the pink and purple one. I think there's a coral, a light pink. There might be another color. So it's really great. Um, I feel like it's really worth it. I actually got like razor burn a few weeks ago and that's actually what made me think, you know what, I'm gonna try this Billy razor and see how great it is. And I can see why people love it. There's something about it. Like when you're shaving, they've created it really truly for, I think, a woman's leg. And it just makes it super easy to shave. Um, It's so hard to explain. The best thing I can tell you is you just got to try it yourself. Um, So they try to figure out like how often you need new blades. You can cancel at any time um, because I'm always skeptical about signing up for things. But what they do is ask, how many times do you shave in a week? And then they will decide how often you need to get new blades. Again, you can order it and then cancel it so that you have to think about it again. Um, But it is cheaper than trying to buy like the Venus or whatever at Target. Um, So I would highly recommend it. The link is in my show notes. Um, Like I always talk about, if you subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show email list, you will have all this at your fingertips every week when a new episode airs so you don't have to go searching for that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email, and then you will get that every week. Um, I'm finding that on the podcast player, not all my links are showing up. It's showing up as the words, but not actual links. Um, So if you have an issue with that and you don't subscribe to the email, you can always just go to my website, mominspiredshow.com, and just go to each episode and go into the show notes. But again, if you want your life easy and simple, just subscribe to my email us that way you have it all in there. And I don't bombard you guys with emails. So um, you can trust that I wouldn't do that to you. So anyway, give it a try. See how you like it. I don't know. Let me know if you tried it and if you love it or what. Um, But I just think it's great. And so I just wanted to share it with you. Um, It's just a little fun, little random thing during a really stressful time. Um, So I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. Let's go to the show. Hey, Shannon, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. Oh, sure. Thanks for having me. Okay. So for you guys that missed uh, last week's episode, I highly recommend um, checking that out first. And then, so feel free to pause this episode and go back and check it out. And then you can come back and listen to this one. It will make more sense. And you'll hear Shannon just talk about how she got into homeschooling and all that kind of good stuff. So um, it will make more sense if you start there. Um, So Shannon, we're going to just jump right in today. Um, And the thing that I really wanted to start off with today is... What curriculum do you have your kids on? And I'm thinking it possibly has changed over the years. Um, So I guess the thing is people probably really get, you know, overwhelmed trying to figure out what should I pick and what should I do? And so I would just love to hear your thoughts on how you decided to pick um, the curriculums over the years.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I love curriculum. I am a curriculum junkie. I, <laughs> I love curriculum so much. I'm getting my doctorate in curriculum and instruction currently. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, but you know, over the years I have changed curriculum quite a few times depending on what season in life we're in really. Um, and what, you know, things my kids were going through, what they needed, all of that. Um, for a new homeschooling mom, I highly recommend the mom um, do like a learning style assessment on their child if they're not sure, you know, what type of learning style they have. And then also what personality they themselves have. Like, do they look kind of like we talked about at our um, previous podcast, just what type of personality do they have? Do they have more of an organized, structured personality? Or are they more loose and spontaneous? And that will help them determine which curriculum to go with in this season in life. Um, right now, we're currently using Alpha Omega Life Packs. And mm. it, it's it been Hugely a blessing for me. We chose Life Packs this year, this past year. We're just finishing up the year um, for a couple of different reasons. I was super busy with a new um career that I was exploring as a um course developer and instructor for credential teachers. Um and so I was super busy on the side and also my son was a little bit behind. And so I really needed him to have the consistency of daily lessons that progressed at a pace that he was able to keep at. And life packs do that perfectly. Um, he was able, he's 12 and he was able to be independent with them, feel successful with them. Um, instead of being a large textbook that lasts the whole year, they're broken down into 10 little workbooks. And so a student who feels overwhelmed by this big giant textbook Mm, will not feel overwhelmed. They'll feel like they're actually accomplishing something. They can see they're halfway through and they're almost to the end. And like for science and history, they change this topic area each month or each time they finish a life pack. And so you know, if a child's like super not interested in physics, it'll change to life science, the next life pack. So it's, it's nice. that it kind of changes things up quickly. Um, but he and my, my 10 year old daughter have just really excelled with the life packs this year. Um, however, I, my personality, and now that I have a little bit more time on my hands, I've got my courses developed. And so now I'm just maintaining them. Um, I am looking into doing a unit study next year using my father's world curriculum, which I've used before. And I really want to, you know, really God's place in my heart more of like a missions focus type curriculum. And they, um, their first unit study is countries and cultures. And so it go. you know, you dive into, let's say Brazil and you study a missionary that's been to Brazil and you learn about the history of Brazil, the languages you cook, the food from Brazil. And it just sounds really fun to kind of yeah. like build relationships with my kids that, we haven't been I haven't been like pouring into them like I had in the past because they've been doing these independent studies more um, <clears throat> so I'm super excited about that, but I think I might keep them on the language life pack just to kind of keep their writing up and have them do that independent spelling work grammar work on their own. but then for history and science, we'll come together and do that as a unit study
0: okay, so when you say unit study um would that always include math and stuff like that, or do you have is that just for? Um, specific topics. And then you have to get other curriculums for the math and language and whatnot.
1: Typically, it doesn't cover math. Unit studies may like brush over very, very basic concepts of math, but not um, at the standard that that particular student might need. Mm. And so, um, so, yeah, the unit study will usually recommend a math curriculum. Like I think my father's world recommends Singapore math, for instance, or Saxon. Um, but you can choose whatever you want for our family. We, we use teaching textbooks. I just, I love teaching textbooks. It's very, all of my children have been able to use that curriculum really successfully. Okay.
0: I'm just writing that down. Um, because I I do want to, um, put stuff in the show notes because I know this is a lot of information. Um, and I might reach back out to you to tell me again, what you we're saying, um, just to make sure I have everything correct. Um, okay. So that is very helpful. And that kind of gives me a little bit of an idea of, you know, if you are someone who, because here's the thing, there's a lot of people who like had to work in homeschool. So kind of like what you were saying, the alpha omega, that might be better for those parents versus the other parents that have more time and can kind (laughs) of dive into things. Um, because I think it's really a struggle when people are working and they're like, okay, I'm, I need to teach my kids too. So just being able yeah. to know that there might be um, some options out there that might work better for that situation. So I like that you mentioned that.
1: Um, so here's, oh, go ahead. here's another thing with Alpha Omega. It's, it's a great Christian, solid Christian curriculum. And the life packs actually come in an online version and they call it Monarch or switched on Schoolhouse is the disc version. Mm-hmm. And we've used that in the past too. Um, And it works really well. It's actually self grading, which is awesome for the mom. They don't have to grade it. Um, I just have found that I particular, I don't want my kids on the computer all day long. Yes, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Mix it up and. They're already on the computer for math. They're already on the computer for other things, you know, like if they play video games or Minecraft or whatever in the afternoon. So I just find I would rather have them do the workbooks and I have to grade it and that's okay. It comes with an answer key. Um, but again, it's just going to depend on the season in life, the mom's personality, you know, what they want to do for their kids. So, yeah, I agree. Um,
0: and that, and that's the thing that I really noticed that my kids were on the computer so much more than they Mm -hmm. ever have been. I mean, it just, I was like, Whoa, like I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? But they had to do it on the computer. So yeah. It kind of just threw you into that. And that was the whole reason why I was saying like it was a nightmare because it's not uh, really what you thought through, you know, it wasn't intentional on right. what do I want? So I like that you're saying that, that you like having them work on a, note- um, a notebook or um, a workbook and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, I have them doing that right now um, from Costco, whatever the workbooks that they uh, have. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. I realize I'm like, yeah, see, I like that. And so when you said that, that clicked to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like they're just working on that and then they can work on it at breakfast and while they're waiting and I can say, you know, work on a page or two and, you know, they're not on the computer. So, um, exactly. um I, I mean, my six-year-old has, you know, got really good skills now for the computer, I will say, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she really knows how to use a mouse. <laughs> Um, I don't think before she would have known how to use it as well. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> I <don't know>. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the next thing that I wanted to um, talk to you about is getting involved in homeschooling communities and mm-hmm. what is your best advice for doing that? I know you kind of talked about a co-op before, so I don't know if a co-op is the same as a homeschooling community. So maybe we just kind of talk about that as well.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, so a co-op is not the same as a homeschooling community, but it mm. but it um promotes the community. Oh, okay. So, um there's really, you know, in my head there's probably three main choices that a mom could um could join it as far as what would be, you know, called a community. Um and in the past, you know, honestly, I've had to make them happen myself because they weren't happening. And I am a person that just loves to see community growth. And so I'll just share maybe a couple of things yeah, that I've done. Sure. Okay. So when we first moved to cool, it's tiny, tiny town, 3000 people. And we moved from Santa Cruz, which was, you know, way bigger. Um, so I, you know, it was lacking a homeschooling community here and I really wanted friends for my kids and, So I, um, there's a little building here that we can use in our community. And so I started calling, you know, my kids were like, Oh, I want to do karate or I want to do Scottish Highland dancing. So I found the teachers, some of them lived an hour away and I called them and I said, can you come up and teach Scottish Highland dancing or karate or art or Legos? Those are the different classes that I created. And they said, sure, but we need more than just your kids. So I put it out to the, you know, just an email out to the different families that the, that homeschool in, you know, go on Facebook or there's maybe email group or whatever. You just find it in your community and just say, you know, oh, hey, is anyone interested in taking karate? Is anyone interested in taking Scottish Highland Dance? And so eventually over, you know, maybe a month, I gathered eight or 10 kids together. I got the, you know, teacher to come up and now we have three or four classes offered each week for The homeschooling kids, and it really wasn't a lot of work. It was just putting the word out there and getting, you know, organizing the pieces together. And so we've done that. That's something that I've done in the past. My kids did Scottish Highland dancing and competed and got trophies all through this, just because I got the teacher to come up and teach it here in our in our building. And it doesn't have to be in a building. It can be in your house. It doesn't have to be you know, in anything formal, it can be very informal or sometimes churches will have a room that they'll donate to, you know, the homeschooling community, homeschooling families in the area. Um, so that's one, I would call that more like a casual way of building community because while the classes are taking place, guess what the moms are doing? They're sitting off to the side, talking, getting to know one another yeah, and, and right. becoming friends. Yeah, right? I like that's that. yep. what happens naturally, organically, you know, it just happens, and then after the class, what do you do? Let's go to the park and eat lunch. You know, so then yeah. more friendships are yeah. formed. Yeah, so I like that. It just that. happens naturally. Um, so I, you know, for the mom that doesn't want to be super in charge of anything, that's a really easy way to get started. And then there's the co-op option, and that's more of a structured option. And and like I mentioned in the other podcast, I'm putting together a packet for new moms that might want to start a co-op but don't know how. And, um, I've actually put it together by talking and interviewing a couple of other co-op leaders to get the best advice from them and put it together in a way that's easy and simple for a mom that may be motivated to start a co-op to get started. Um, but basically, um, you just, it's kind of similar to starting the other, you know, with the classes, but it's more just using the moms that want to be in the co-op together. So you choose a day and a time to meet, you have to find a location or you can rotate homes, and each of the moms takes a role. So one mom might be a teacher of art, one mom might be a teacher of history, um, one mom might have a baby, and she's like, there's no way I can teach a class, but I'll watch the toddlers and babies for, mm-hmm. for an hour or yeah. two hours yeah. while, while the older kids meet and learn a subject. And you decide on your calendar, you decide on if you're going to do a field trip or two or three, um, basically the moms get together and they, they create kind of like a a miniature school for that for one day a week, a couple of hours at a time. Um, but there's structure to it. A lot of times co-ops will start in one room if there's, you know, maybe 20 kids and they have an opening session where maybe kids have an opportunity to have like a show and tell time or a speech time. They may pray together um, and then they go off in their individual group classes. And the classes are usually age range. So maybe you have K2 together, third through fifth together, sixth through eighth together, and then high school together. So that way the um, level of academics can be at the the appropriate rigor for the class. Um, but again, the, the policies are created by the moms. So that's a co-op. And then there's the independent study programs that I kind of mentioned last time as well. And those are an arm or an extension of an already existing organization, such as a Christian school or even a local site-based school might have an independent study program. And I've seen where, um, you know, like maybe an elementary or junior high school offers an independent study program as part of their public school, and they allow the students to partake in... um, You know, sports or a class here and there, but they're really being homeschooled at home. So, okay, okay. yeah. I think that will help people understand that a little bit better. Yeah. And each state, as far as the public school, each state will look a little bit different. But as far as I know, most states will offer those independent study programs or the Christian school will offer it. And all three of those examples will build a community organically from within.
0: Oh, okay. That is cool. Well, and you are also talking about like breaking it into sections and stuff like that so that, you know, you're on the right path. Um, so I'm curious how, what does that look like, um, for certain grades? I think you had mentioned in notes before, like kindergarten to third looks different from third to eighth and then high school. So can you explain a little bit, um, to what you're referring to? Like in the co-op situation, or just in general, I think um, I was trying oh. to off your notes. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's off a of curriculum or maybe it is co-op.
1: So do you mean like what does a daily schedule or daily like a class look like for k two, third through fifth, things like that? Yeah, Or maybe what's expected possibly.
0: Um, yeah. Sure. I don't yeah. know.
1: Well, yeah, there's a couple different things that come to mind. So like, for example, in a co-op situation or even in a large family where a mom has, you know, five or six kids that she's homeschooling even, and she might have, or the co-op might have, um, these different grade groupings and there's curriculum like story of the world comes to mind, um, which is a history based curriculum with language arts embedded in within it, um, that really, is good for a wide range of students and you, my father's world, the one that I mentioned before is also another curriculum that, um, can facilitate the different ranges with one history theme going, running through it. So for example, if, if the family or the co-op is studying medieval medieval times or the middle ages, right. um, the story could be read to the whole group, you know, K on up kindergarten on up, Um, and all of the children are retaining the information. And then the teacher might say to the older student, maybe seventh, eighth, and up through high school, you're going to research, you know, this particular piece of history that we're studying. I want you to go. So they would get on their computers and they would research it and write a report or a speech, or they might um, create a PowerPoint presentation, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes the teacher might give a specific assignment or, or a couple of different options to choose from. So that way the student can, um, own the assignment more, gotcha. more personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because if you think about this it, as adults, we're allowed that freedom, sure. right. To create how we want to create the end right. product. Um, and then those middle elementary years might be just asked to, might be given more structure. So they might be given, um, uh, maybe a timeline assignment. So they have to create a timeline or maybe they have to, they have to write a report too, but a shorter condensed version of what the older kids are, are creating. And then the little ones like K2 range that are just starting to read or just starting to write, like a kindergartner might have the, the, the teacher might've printed off, um, you know, the, uh, a sentence that Mm. they have to trace. So they're writing, they're learning their letters, or maybe there's a, it's a sentence with one blank word missing that they have to write. Um, and then the second graders then probably would just write, you know, three to five sentences. Charlotte Mason, um, is an educator, from the 1800s. And it's actually a philosophical approach to homeschooling. And she really advocates for, you know, up until eight to 10 years old, the children just do what's called copy work. And so the, it's not uncommon to see a homeschool mom write three to five sentences taken from the history lesson that the children then up to eight to 10 years old copy onto their own paper mm. and then the mom goes and, and corrects the copy work for any periods that are missing, any oh. calculator that are missing, any spelling words that were misspelled, just from looking at it and copying it, because you'll be surprised. There's some mistakes that can happen. Sure. And then they um, might pull spelling words from that copy work that the child missed. So then they're re-memorizing it in their brain. They're retraining their brain to correct, to write that spelling word correctly.
0: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't even know anything about that. Um, I wanted to ask you moving on to more high school and college courses, mm-hmm. like how do people go about enrolling their kids into those things?
1: Well, it's going to vary by state in California, for example, um, junior colleges are free right now. Mm-hmm. So you can have a 16 year old, a junior in high school concurrently oh, interesting! In junior college. Yeah. Um, as a Christian though, in California, I do not have any of my children attend junior college. Okay, <laughs> it's, 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 I feel like that age is so yeah. fragile yeah. in making sure that they are really grounded in their faith. And I do not want them to be distracted by anyone else trying to sway them away from yeah. what we want them to have sure. as a foundation. Yeah. So. I actually, my 16-year-old right now is enrolled in Liberty University's online program, and he's um, concurrently enrolled in college courses right now. He's already ha- uh, received 30, 30 units of wow. college credit towards his bachelor's degree. This year, he um, finished up 30 units. It's, I'm so proud of him, and Aww. he works part-time. That's awesome. And so um, he actually pays for half of each course. It's $549 a course yeah. for three years. Okay, um, that's a third of the normal cost for a you know eighteen year old freshman going to Liberty University. They um, discount it for high school students.
0: <gasps> oh, that's interesting. So when he grad, so when he graduates from high school, technically, mm-hmm. so he will just have to go to college for less time, correct? For two years. Two years. That mm-hmm. is so cool. So is yeah. sixteen the youngest that you can do that technically, or
1: yeah. okay? I b- so. I wouldn't recommend younger than 16. Sure. I, my three older daughters um, did a similar path. They, they took, I don't know if you know about CLEP tests, but you can... No. Um, mm-hmm. CLEP tests are college level exam preparation. I, oh, I don't know what the okay. is, but um, proficiency maybe. Anyways, it, it, there's a long history. I won't go into it, but basically um, most colleges and universities will accept up to 30 units, some 90 mm. in CLEP, Tests. Wow. And it was originally created for the military when they were overseas. That there's a big long history to it. But um, I've had all four of my oldest have taken CLEP tests. My son, that's 16, took a biology CLEP test last year when he finished his biology course with Apologia and he passed it. So he received six units automatically. Liberty will take those six units and punch them in towards his GE. And it cost us $80 for the test. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So that's another way to trick the system, I like to say. And um, I always recommend before you go down the club test road to check with the colleges you're interested in to make sure you know how many credits they'll accept.
0: Okay. So let's say like he actually finished before he was 18, right? But Mm -hmm. then he can't go into college yet. Like what would he be doing in between? Like, Say he actually finished all in one year of how much he could do. So then he has from 17 Mm -hmm. to 18 before he goes off to college. What, I guess, what would happen at that point?
1: Well, if you have a high school diploma, you can start college earlier before 18. Okay. So, so, so so if he technically graduated at
0: 17, he could then Mm -hmm. just go off to college at a young age. Now, would you recommend
1: starting though at college at 17? What's your thoughts on that? I wouldn't recommend going to college, like okay. living yeah. on campus. Sure, but starting at home and yes. online or something like that. Yes, because you can start at your child's own pace. For example, my son um, started with one course. I wanted to see how he would do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So- last summer he started at Liberty University taking their college courses and he just took one course he got an a so I was like okay now next term let's try two and so you just gradually build up to see how they're gonna you know how well they're gonna do how well they learn the software system and all of that he's done really well he's I started at the same time on my doctorate and so I was able to help him with blackboard and understanding the learning management system and all of that which was really helpful yeah because are a lot of things to learn, like you experienced with your children. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes, there is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, there's so much stuff that has to be done that i it's not even their school stuff, you know, like setting them up. How many passwords can we possibly have? What is your login? I don't know. Did it go from my computer to your computer? Do we copy (laughs) and paste it onto a notepad? I don't know. I'm like, and how do we get onto Zoom? And oh, you need to go into their dashboard to go onto Zoom. You can't just go from Zoom, like normal Zoom, and you have to go in. I mean, just yeah. that alone and the yeah. IT stuff of things not working or i i i was like this is not even to this is not even actually doing the, the schoolwork. school work i'm like this is all the support work that has to happen
1: <laughs> oh yes yes and if you're using an online curriculum for the next school year i recommend doing all that stuff over summer i mean when yeah. i used, switched on schoolhouse from alpha omega the, the online version of the life packs it yeah, it would take me hours. And at oh, that time, it's the so first much. time I used it, I did yep. four laptops. And <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, it was crazy. Like yes. you're saying. it was very challenging.
0: Yeah, but that is good to know. So that is very helpful for the the moms that have older kids. Um, but mm-hmm. Shannon, we're almost at the end of the show, and I yeah. did want to end on this question. Um, I'm curious, how does it work with testing when it comes to mm-hmm. homeschooling? Because I feel like a lot of people probably think about mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, how are you? able to figure out, you know, the testing to then move on and to show mm-hmm. whoever you need to show, yes, my kids are learning and they can move forward and go to college and all that kind of stuff.
1: Right. So that's going to depend again on your state. Um, I recommend everyone go to HSLDA's website. That's Homeschool Legal Defense Association because they repre- represent all 50 states and you they have a link on their website that will tell you exactly what your state requires. So first of all, I recommend everyone do that just to get a basic foundation of what your state requires when you homeschool and what your options are. If you can privately homeschool without any oversight, like in California, you have that option. If you have charter schools, et cetera. And so that's the first step. And then just, um, I'm sorry, can you repeat your question? (laughs) Yeah. So just like the testing, like,
0: yeah, like how do you, but I guess that depends on the state. And can you repeat, um, what was the acronym
1: that you said to go to that website? It's a, what? I believe it's HSLDA.org. It's Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Okay. All right. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So
0: yeah. So is that where they would find like all the
1: requirements for each state in regards to testing? Okay. Yes, they're a Christian organization. So they represent most, they're mostly on the private school, private homeschooling side of things, but they will tell you exactly straightforward what your state requires and what your options are. And as far as what they require for testing, because some um, Department of Education in each state requires you to do some sort of assessment. To prove that, you know, your student is learning. And, um, and so like in California, if you're enrolled in a charter school, you really don't need to worry about testing because you're required to test every year. Right. You're required yep. to test at the end of the year and take the same state tests that every site-based school tests or uses. Um, if you're a private homeschooler in California, you're not required to do anything <laughs> either. That's but if you as a mom yeah. want to know how you're, how is my child right. doing? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, most curriculum like the teaching textbooks and Alpha Omega have embedded assessments within each each unit that you're using or each grade level that you're using. Um, most also have a performance assessment to see where... Um, where they're, you know, assessing as far as grade level goes. So if you're, if you're like, oh, I don't even know, you know, yes, they're seventh grade, but I don't even know if my child could do seventh grade math. Well, there's an assessment on their website and they can do 15 questions to see, okay, they can totally do seventh grade or maybe they're advanced and they should be using the eighth grade curriculum. Mm. So there's a lot of the curricula on online will have that type of self-assessment. If it doesn't, On HSLDA's website, I believe it it will have links to, um, like, private assessments or where you can pay a small fee and um, have your child do, like, a reading, language, arts, and math assessment to see where they come out. And usually those are based on the Common Core Standards. So um, it just, again, depends on, you know, if you believe in the Common Core Standards or not. (laughs) Sure, right.
0: Yeah, no, that is very helpful. So I really appreciate that, and um, we are at the end of the show. I, I feel like we could keep talking about this because I just feel like there's so many things that you could possibly learn. Um, but I do need to wrap it up, and I appreciate you coming on. This was very insightful, and um, I, I hope that it gives the listeners just more information just to start to get the ball rolling. Like I said, there is so much information, and, and I feel like you answered a lot of questions. Um, just kind of give moms some direction that, um, you know, to start thinking like, hey, is this something that I can really do? So I appreciate all your insight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, if anybody would like to join my Facebook group, I'm at Heart of Homeschooling on Facebook and our website is heartofhomeschooling.org. So I'd love to help out any moms that want to reach out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.